up, kid. All I gotta say is what we can say is cheating. Episode Sanders Scuttlebutt, host Aaron Lingley, and I have Cameron Collins, what my co-host. Hey, everybody! How you doing, Aaron? Doing pretty good. You had an eventful day. Uh, obviously, we're going to do a little bonus episode here about our new kit that was revealed yesterday and uh, new digs revealed today. Heck so, yeah. uh, how was just generally how how was your your day doing? Kind of fielding all that stuff. You got a, kind of an important role. You were there. Were you there for both? Uh, yeah, there was no real yesterday uh, jersey launch per se. They went on the news and they released it was all digital and, and oh, social right. type stuff. But I did go down at the moment the store opened and buy a jersey. So that was pretty cool. Uh, last year, there was a ton of us in line. This time, there was only two of us that got there to buy it early because I don't think there's quite the, um, you know, it's a different kind of jersey, right? This is a green one. Green ones come out every year. And so it's it's the anticipation, I think, isn't quite the same for that second kit where you until it's leaked or, or out there, no one knows what they're getting. So, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, a lot of people came in and bought stuff, but it wasn't like a line out the door. So, yeah, I got it and then also got it personalized with a Rusnak. So uh, and he liked uh, on Instagram. I tagged him in the picture and he liked it. So oh, I made your day. I feel special. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, you went you went down to Renton. Yeah, down for the, I think uh, most of the people there were like VIPs. They worked for Renton or they worked for the company that is working with the Sounders on the land um, or something like that. And then so there were, or, or staff of the Sounders or press. So uh, members of the Alliance Council got to go down and be presidents. One of the cool benefits of being on Alliance Council is we occasionally get to go to cool events like that. And mm-hmm. of course, we had to show we were vaxxed and everything to get in, but uh Got to be present for the press conference and go on a tour of the place. And uh, yeah, tour. Just, yeah, I mean, there's nothing built yet, so, obviously, but took us yeah, up and looked at the view from the top and showed us oh. like where where the locker rooms would be and where the offices are and stuff they have on video. But it was it was pretty fun. And then a little luncheon, which, uh, you know, they didn't have anything vegan, which I'm, I'm used to happening. So they had lots of food, but nothing for me. So I got a donut. That's a vegan donut. That's it. And actually that's all I've eaten today. So I'm like, woo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. So it happens. Um, one of those days I had a lot of liquid though. So I'm also, I taught tonight. So I'm like on fire right now. It was my first lecture in person in two years and uh, I killed it. It was awesome. Okay. Okay. We'll carry it over to this, man. That's well- right. Yeah, and uh, I think we'll we'll start with the kit, and we'll go in chronological order, right? Uh, yeah, so we'll get into your tour. I didn't I didn't even know you did a tour, so um, mm. I know you said it's not obviously completely built yet. We got a couple more years for that, but that's gotta that's gonna be cool to talk about. Um, so great legacy green new kit. I off the bat, I love it. Um, not my favorite of all time, but I think it's a pretty awesome jersey. Your first kind of uh, impressions on it. Yeah, I think it, it's a it's definite improvement over uh, the last home the fir- primary kit we had the green one. I think that one 
you know, I think didn't turn out quite how the Sounders had hoped it would. And so, uh, you know, when it's being designed, it didn't have the big three Adidas stripes on it. Like that came later when the league oh, forced okay. teams to use that. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And so this one, uh, was pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, I, uh, you know, love the idea of checkers. You know, I think it's something that's, and it was done in a way that's, it's pretty awesome. You know, I see some people for other teams. I've already gotten it, that it looks like, uh, a tire tread, like tire been tread. Yeah. But uh, the person I heard that from was a Portland fan, and I'm not sure they have any room to talk after they yeah, came out that looks like grandmother's couch. So yeah. <laughs> it looks exactly like an old couch cover. And I love – actually, uh, it's going to be weird for me to say as a Seattle fan, I love the idea behind the Portland jersey and the and what they were going for. Even the colors are fine. I don't love the execution of it. I think yeah, it I actually – Giant flower under the neck. Like it's just pit. weird. Animal yeah. It's, like it's it would have made more sense stuff. and they couldn't do it because of the sponsor, but I wish they would have found another, like put the sponsor in like a shiny color or something. It would have made more kit sense if every single kit was different, meaning the pattern is a certain pattern, but then you cut each Jersey at a different point. So that's what we used to have in the, um, let's see, two, four years ago, I guess. So the, not the most yeah. recent, green but the one before that yeah uh, that, that i i've always described as marijuana flage yeah so yeah that one every jersey was different because uh the pattern was so longer than a single jersey so every jersey would have a slight you know be at a same angle but be like at cut from a different place so there would be no identical jersey so you could have five different ones and they'd all have a slightly different pattern so i wish they had done that with portland so that would have been pretty cool but this isn't you, you mean Seattle they should have done that? You they don't wish they did yeah. anything better. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I wish for my friends that are Portland fans, but this isn't Timber Scuttlebutt. This is Sounders exactly. Scuttlebutt. So let's get back to our jersey. You know, uh, I love that they did the uh, the wave on the back signifying progress and the sound and stuff like that. Uh, you know, especially this year where they're unveiling a bunch of stuff, having the 74 and the jog tag was super cool. And um, mm-hmm. the one thing I will say is they do fit a little bigger. Like even the... Okay. Uh, so I, I'm not quite able to move down a size yet. I've lost a little weight. And I'm not quite there, but I'm hoping by the end of the season I will be. So if you can, go to the team store, try them on. The other reason you should do that is if you buy it online, Sounders don't get any money. If you buy it in the team store, then the money goes to the Sounders, and that helps us the sign players and all that kind of stuff. So support our club. Buy it at the actual pro shops, whether that is at the stadium or down in Renton. Okay, that's a good point. You, I, I honestly forgot about that. I mean, there was, there might still be one downtown. I can't remember. Uh, there was one over on Piker Pine, but uh, with COVID, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff closed. And I don't know. If I, we'll... phys- I literally physically haven't in, even been in that part of downtown. It's been in the stadium yeah. a couple times, and then uh, right around a couple of our uh, hotels that my company works for. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, Call but I want to dig into your <laughs> your. Uh, I want to dig into your the fact that you had insight before almost all of us, right? Um, so. Mm. We couldn't talk about this before, and you just talked about the design. And I thought, by the way, I did not know that either about the one piece of fabric for the entire set of jerseys. Right, they're all different. That's I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, but how did this design process start? Since you were not, you said before, not entirely part of the whole process, but the they see the Alliance Council did have input, right? And when did this start? And like, how did that process go? 
Yeah. I mean, so we have a Jersey group and everyone in the Jersey group either signed, like, I think it was in the past, it was a, a spoken NDA, but now we've signed an actual NDA because some of the cool stuff that's happening in, in future jerseys. Um, but you know, it was something that we wanted input in for a long time. I think I, I started on Alliance Council 2013. So, uh, what about four years into the club or so five years into the club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did not have any say in Jersey, but at some point the club came along and decided, Hey, let's talk about, uh, what the Alliance Council can do. And so, uh, when it's time, typically, um, doesn't always work this way. So next year's we were not involved with, but um, you know, there was extenuating circumstances, but uh, about, so this all starts a couple years in advance. So we're always a year or two ahead and we get to make a mood board that we give to the club. We're not the only people doing that. They have, you know, they probably even have players do it for all we know. Um, but they, they have, people within the club, you know, and just tell Adidas, this is what we're thinking. Also, Adidas always has an idea of what they want to do. We are really lucky because we get a lot of unique stuff that other teams don't. And it's because, A, we're willing to be bold, and B, uh, we sell jerseys. Our exposure. (laughs) You know, there's the only other teams that probably sell on par with us, maybe LAFC now, but Atlanta and Portland. I mean, those are the only teams that that sell the jersey, you know, with the crazy fans that we have, Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe, I don't know the actual numbers, but that that's my assumption. I know Atlanta sold, I think they're the only team that got a third kit. If I remember reading that in an article that came out about Adidas and jerseys, um, a few years back or a year ago or so. It didn't occur to me that it wasn't kind of standard that everyone had a third, but I guess why put the money into Mm -hmm. design and manufacturing and all that stuff. Yeah. You got to sell enough to get a third. So, uh, hopefully we, we don't know any numbers, right. But hopefully we did based on the, the Jimmy Hendrix Jersey, but we've oh, not heard gosh. anything on that regard. That would be so cool if we did. Uh, I worry about the fact that they weren't that available because of shipping delays. And also yeah. no one expected it to be as pop. I mean, the Sounders expect to be popular, but telling other vendors to realize how popular it was, I think was more difficult. Um, so we make a mood board. Everyone gets to put in their input. You know, the club reaches out to their employees, to their ownership, everyone, everyone has input. And then they pick a few things and, and send that to Adidas. And then Adidas will come back with design. And so, you know, we're not involved. Like we're not saying, okay, you need to put this kind of color here, this kind of color there. Like, no, the Lions council involvement is very minimal. Like we get to give some input at the beginning. Uh, occasionally they come back with a couple different designs and ask our input on it, you know, but again, we're only one stakeholder out of everyone. So we get to, you know, say, Hey, Taylor, this is what we think about this. This is what we think about that. And and they'll talk to us about it. And, um, you know, and then when it's finalized, they show it to us and it, you know, it, it's a testament to how strong the people in Alliance council are because dang, there's like, I wanted to talk about that Jimi Hendrix Jersey so much. You know, and I think internally they said they had been throwing around the idea of Jimi Hendrix, but I was the one who brought up Jimi Hendrix at the meeting with the club and said, this would be really cool if we did a Jimi Hendrix jersey. So they may have already been thinking about it, but from the Alliance Council perspective, I was like, this would be awesome. So, uh, well, if he pushed it over the edge, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is I mean, like, we get to give input, you know, and I, I, multiple times now color input that I've given in the beginning, you know, they didn't choose it cause it was mine has ended up on the Jersey. So I feel 
you know, whether or not it's because other stakeholders did it or whatever, like it doesn't mean they went, oh, that's Cameron, let's do it. Or, oh, this is Alliance Council, let's do it. But they, they multiple times I've gotten to be somewhat like things I suggested were part of it. So that's kind of well, cool. Feel um, good. Yeah. And then in the past, you know, we've gotten to give some input on the jock tag, which is the little logo on the, the bottom left of the jersey or on the neck tape or neck, neck hit, which are like the flags on the back or the words on the inside. So um, not every year, but we usually get to give some input on that because um, that's some place where the Sounders can do whatever they want. But yeah, it's a, it's a really cool process and, you know, it's a quick turnaround and um, it's just we feel so lucky at the Alliance Council that the Sounders let us be a, a part of it. You know, we're not, we can never be like that stupid or, you know, nope, change it all. Yeah. Like, we can <laughs> give our honest opinion. Um, and, and it can differ, you know, there's, there's times where I remember meetings where like half the people loved something and half the people hated something. So it, it's, it's kind of interesting, but. What one yeah. was this one? Was this like uh or at what point do you know that this was, everyone was like, this is the direction we're going in? Or did you have no idea what was going on from kind of the beginning stages to the end stage? Yeah, they, they've they already usually moved down, especially Adidas has gone back and forth with the Sounders several times and have already moved down the process a ways before, the, before it would be shown to us again. So because uh, it's such a quick turnaround and they got to get everything ordered and ready so that it can get out in time. So everyone, it's always thinking way ahead. Um, and Adidas always has a vision for what they're looking for. And so they send that, you know, they send that to the club. So they have videos like this is, this is the feel that we're into this time. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, we're not overly involved. We're not making decisions. You can't blame us because you think it looks like a tire tread, but you know, we get to give, give some ideas along the way and, and are just thankful that the club thinks so highly of our fans that they include us. Yeah. Well, hopefully if we're winning games, the tire tread remark uh, won't be heard often by us. Um, you know, what's interesting is I had never even thought it looked like a tire tread because it, to me, it looks like checkers that are just fading away. And so that hadn't even occurred to me until someone said it online. And then I went, oh. I, it kind of, it was one of the first things I thought of, to be honest, but it's grown mm -hmm. on me just because the rest of the design, just as a whole, the whole the whole kid has. But at first when I saw that, I my first reaction was, oh, no. I mean, it looks good, but I can see what right. it's coming down the, the road. <laughs> no pun intended. But I, <laughs> pun intended. But, you know, I love I love the incorporation of the blue in the in the face, uh, in the front of the kit, as opposed to just yeah. getting an element on the shoulders or on the sleeves or whatever. So True. I really I really love that aspect of it. You know, it, it differentiates it more than we'll see if if L.A. has. So I haven't seen the final version of the uh, LA Galaxy jersey. So the one that they're showing online looks like a white t-shirt, which is really boring. But at some point there was a leak that showed like in the fabric there was design. And so it won't be so bad if it's there. But if it's not, oof, we don't want a white t-shirt jersey. Like better to have something bold than to have a plain white tee. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much their primary has been pretty close to that. Other than with yeah, the, they had the sash, sash, the sash yeah, yeah. That, that's gone now. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's super cool. Is it too early to put rank this one for you? Like not seeing it in action, or if that has any right any sway you know, in your think, rankings? Yeah, I think I would have to see it in person. I mean, 
The problem is the green is always going to fall lower for me than any of the other, especially the third kits. Fair. Uh, uh, maybe not the the Easter one, but uh, uh, I forget what's that Super Cyan. But mm-hmm. uh, even though I have like twelve of those, <laughs> I wear them all the time, and I have matching shoes and shorts and stuff. But uh, yeah, I you know I like it better than the last one, and. I know people, the marijuana flage one is real, real uh, divisive, but I kind of like ugly jerseys sometimes. So I love that one. I love the. Was it divisive? I don't really recall being. Yeah, a lot of people thought it looked like laundry or something like that. It's kind of smudgy. Yeah, but, but I was into it. And it was a very unique design that I think only one other club in the world had maybe. Ajax had it, but in blue rather than in green. So, you know, it was, it was unique. Whereas, you know, other clubs in the MLS get the same jersey as someone else, just in a different color, the exact same design. And like all sorts, you know, could be 20 teams that have the same thing. So we're lucky that way. We get unique designs that uh, I think I'm our fans, about that. I mean, our fan being going out and buying jersey means that Adidas nope. is ready to take a risk on us. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, um, yeah, I rank it as probably one of my top, not the best. I, I I couldn't land an answer yet either, but it's definitely not one I dislike uh, overall or from a primary. Um, but it's 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 pitch black and Jimmy for me, and throw a shale. Either either the shales, but yeah, no, I think I, they did they did a great job. Pretty excited to see it. Um, congrats on getting a personalized one. It's badass. Um, should we move on to our new digs? How about that? Yes, we should, but I just want to say one more thing because I wanted to look at all of our kits okay. of years past. Uh, one, two, I would put it, I'm just looking at greens here. I'm going to put this out there. As much as I love our 2009 kits, they look dated by today's standards. I would yeah. put it for third all time for primary green kits. I mean, it's, I mean, even though they are dated, I think there's most nostalgia probably in that, right? Being yeah. the first one yeah. for sure. I, I mean, I hate the bra strap ones. That's just, I know yeah. it's not really uh, aesthetic design. It, it was meant to be performance enhancing. Yeah. Finger quotes, but uh, I don't think it looks good. That one looks good in green and shale. I think it looks great. Yeah. I actually had a shale one. I had a shale because yeah. they kind of hide the gray parts. And also, it was the first kind of woo jersey, <laughs> you know, not yeah. blue yeah. or green. So. Uh, I so like my, my favorite is the 2018 19, which I call marijuana flage. I don't even know what the real name is. And then my second favorite is the 2016 17, which is with the blue shoulders and the blue like stripes the blue on the side. I can only picture uh, Clint Dempsey wearing those. So right, exactly. In my head. And then this one would be my third. So it's third among greens, but it definitely would fall behind shale, uh, electricity, pitch black, uh, Pacific blue. And maybe the heritage, even though that's not flattering. And of course, uh, all the ones that came after that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the black and pink one was called and the Jimi Hendrix one. Yeah, I'm not going to pull up my my trivia questions because I wouldn't trust them at this point. Uh, That never happened. Um, All right, let's go into the new digs, though. Yeah. Ahoy, Sanders fans. James Wallard here, the voice of your... Seattle Sounders Football Club at Lumen Field. Our first opponent of the 2022 CONCACAF Champions League Tournament is FC Motagua. 
That's Motagua, or as Griffin pronounces it, Go Sounders. So the new digs, they're in Renton on the site of the old Long Acres racetrack. And uh, with the Boeing offices, they did some testing, like uh, simulation and stuff right there. What was uh, what? What's the history of the Long Acres lot that you have? Yeah, I mean, Long Acres, I think it, it you know, way back you had the 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 uh, Salish and, and um, I'm trying to think of the other native tribe that was there, but it was oh, tribal wow. land. Uh, yeah, Duwamish. I don't. Yes, exactly. Uh, I've had a long day. I've been up early. I went to the stuff and I taught. So my brain's fried. But yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, and actually, that was really cool. They started today with a land acknowledgement. Yeah, I saw um, that too. And, that's and then, why yeah, I'm, I, I didn't know this for years. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, no, it was Adrian. Adrian talked about the history of it and, uh, you know, the, the tribes being there and later being a farm. And then uh, eventually becoming a, a racetrack for for until 1992. I think it was from the almost six seventy years. Sixty years, yeah. yeah. So, and it, one of the earliest and most famous, the Long Acre Mile was like one of the most famous races in the country. Not not as big as Kentucky Derby, yeah. But but like amongst like the lower races, considered one of the most important races. I think they actually held it. Am I remembering that correctly? I think they held it the same. I mean, I was a kid, right? So I think they held it the same day as the Kentucky Derby, and it would be beforehand. So they would do that, and then they would play the Kentucky Derby over the loudspeaker for everyone to listen to. Interesting. What, and you what? could bet, obviously, on the Kentucky Derby then at Long Acres. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense then. Okay, Adrian, so... As a kid, he used to, to go over to Long Acres and uh, watch the races. <laughs> So we have Indian burial grounds and uh, I hate horse racing because I love animals. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm vegan, right? So I grew yeah. up watching horse racing, so it's kind of weird for me. But yes, I mean, 60 year long history of it being horse racing. Uh, and then when that closed in 92, and I'll be honest, uh, I didn't like this is how much I don't think about it. And I had to like refresh my memory. I actually thought Emerald Downs was just Long Acres renamed. I didn't realize it was oh, in really? a different place. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so, know I mean, Long Acres not... ever existed until Oh, really? The, yeah. This year. <laughs> that's what I always think about when I think of racing is Long Acres, just because they used to have ads on all the time and stuff like that. And that one race was so huge. I don't know that I ever went. And if I did, I don't remember. So it was just in the Seattle zeitgeist, right? Like growing up here, it was something that I knew from being a kid. Yeah, being uh, born '88, uh, if it, he'll only have a couple more years in it, right? <laughs> so, right. Uh, and my mom was a transplant from Minneapolis, so didn't know anything about it. And being a city kid without a car, like in my teens or and stuff like that, I never lived there. Yeah, there, right. So, and my, I think my parents moved here. My dad in '62, and my mom in like '69. So they had been here for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I grew up learning about a lot of that stuff. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's basically uh, right across the street from Starfire, though. Uh, yeah, it's, it's weird I mean, of, of interstate, but yeah, it's weird because you have to do like weird drive around from it. But yeah, it's not. I mean, it's it's in Renton, but it's literally across the street from Tuckwilla. Yeah, and it's right. Uh, well, we can talk more about this in a second, but it's right on the Sounder line. It's like two hundred yards away from a Sounder stop. Well, how convenient. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so you could literally take a Sounder train to the Sounders game from the Sounders facility. Uh, uh, it's gonna be, yeah. Well, why do you think they're moving? I mean, 
what do you think? They've told us why. Um, right. It's all news it's now, though. But you yeah. also have, you know, you've known about this for a hot minute. So um, yeah. give us some details on the move, I guess I should say. I mean, it's, you know, Garth talked about it today. Adrian talked about it today. It's a chance to create a world-class facility for the Sounders. You know, t- uh, Starfire has been a great partner for them. But Starfire has their own stuff they want to do. You know, they have tournaments there that they can't run because the Sounders take up so much space. Mm-hmm. So it's a chance for uh, Starfire to keep on their mission while the Sounders can move down here and and build the kind of facility that you could not just sign players from all over the Northwest, but bring in a world-class player from Europe or Africa or South America and be like, look, look at our facilities. And there's other teams that have great facilities in the MLS too, but this is for the, for the hope is at this moment, it will be the best one. They need a helipad. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they had one, but the, the, uh, to, flying in from, you know, <laughs> probably Boeing field uh, or, but yeah, or SeaTac or whatever. And then just flying yeah. them in from there on a sunset timing it right with the mountain right there. Sunset yeah. sit in the water sold. And the way Garth talked about it was like, look, right. We've already had Lumen field, right? We can bring a player from anywhere in the world and say, this is what we offer you when you play. And he pointed this out, and this is absolutely correct. There are only 30 teams in the world that do regularly have 40,000 in attendance. Mm-hmm. We're one of 30 teams in the entire world who do that. So a person can come see that and be like, wow. He also wants them to be able to come there and see all the stuff they have to offer there and go, and, and by the way, this is where you get to come work. Yeah. You know, I mean, to the point where they're going <laughs> to, yeah, and they're going to get, like food specialists to come in so that every player can have a meal created directly to what their nutritional needs are. Like he was talking about this today. I'm just like, wow. And, and I will be the first to admit I preach the gospel of Garth. Garth Lagerway. I am so lucky on Alliance council. He gets, he comes and talks to us and tells us all sorts of stuff mm-hmm. that is also under an NDA. But you know, when you hear his vision, even ignoring the fact that we've won MLS cups and we've had coups like signing Rusnak, like ignoring all of that, like his vision for what this club is going to be. And, and the youth players is enough to make me buy in alone. You add in all the success, like, dude, we are so lucky. Yeah. We are he so really lucky. built the pyramid right side up because a lot of yeah. teams will just build it upside down. All right, uh, try yeah. to get a lot of money right away. Flashy. I mean, that could be happening to LAFC right now. You know, looked really great at the beginning, but they don't have their coach anymore, and they look pretty poor. So, ever since he's gotten here, you know, I've been more than happy with all the work that he's done. I mean, right. Chris, Christian Roldan was what probably his first move with Ziggy Smith, right? Fist bump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that worked out. It's a good, good, a good start, and really hasn't stopped even just the players that are for rotation um yeah i've just been really happy with it so you i'll I'll preach with you sister yeah and the sounders are obviously halves in the overall like not every team can go out there and build a tens of millions i mean we're this they didn't put a number on it but it's tens and tens of millions of dollors uh but we also are never going to outspend the atlantas the new york city fcs the las the red bulls because those are major city markets with way more investment than we have in their club financially. And so we're just not going to be able to do that. So Garth has to do more with less. 
And that's why what makes him so good. He can't miss on a DP. Mm -hmm. So they can't go, oh, we're just going to throw a bunch of money at this player. And then they end up to be a bum. It's insane how much money Atlanta has spent on players. When you look at, you know, their top 10 spending one, they're like multiple 10, 11, 12, 16 million. I mean, granted, they they made a lot of money without Almiron, but it's that. Right. It's not like. But they have two or three of the top five signings of all time. Yeah, of all time. time. Yeah, (laughs) MLS. Yeah, more with lesses. Almost and that's, an that's led me to a championship, but they haven't been consistently. I'm a little worried with Pineda there, though. They are going to be good. He 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 brought so much to our team. So, and and he brought in Ozzy. So Ozzy is now in Atlanta. So it's I didn't mind him being in Minnesota because you know Minnesotans are friendly, and you know Seattle and uh, Minneapolis are always at the top of like the most red cities in the country. We're like trade back and forth between first and second place, or we're sometimes we're tied for first. Oh, you mean red, like literate? Uh, no, like red, like amount of reading that the cities do. Yeah, that's right. Like, li- yeah, literate. not like people who can read, but that, that's what I would think. Oh, yeah, that makes actual sense. like book consumption. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was a stat. Yeah. There's staff right Most well read. Not okay. not necessarily most uh the ability to have that the most uh people who can read. Shoot, um, I should start reading then. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> behind yeah. I'm behind Seattle. I'm so actually I live in Everett now, so I don't have to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, it's, the rest of the city. It's here. rough. I have to read for teaching, so I don't really read for pleasure anymore. Yeah, no, you I should read. You're 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 also a lawyer. So yeah, <laughs> I listen. I listen. I do I do the um the audiobooks, but but yeah, I mean I think it's it, this is going to provide a really amazing space. It's gonna be state of the art and it's going to be atrium. somewhere where you can bring a player in and, and they will go, I want to be a part of this. You know, it's, it's uh, one thing Adrian did say is it maybe won't be as accessible to the public the same way because uh, at Starfire, it's way more open and it kind of can prevent the players from having the ability to do their job because they're over talking to fans or whatever. Cause they feel like, you know, they love the fans and want to be involved. So uh, there will be still be opportunities for fans, but I think they want them to be able to come and do their job without like feeling the pressure of yeah, oh, if it's a detriment to their performance because of you know not being able to focus as much. <laughs> I think we'd all agree with that. But yeah, no, I think he mentioned it was weird the way he said it. I think he mentioned at the press conference that they maybe a couple players almost missed flights because they were too busy like talking to fans and signing autographs. To, to conversation would hold someone from missing a flight. <laughs> They were talking to fans, and they. I had know, but like, how deep into a conversation could you be with a fan that you're like everyone's leaving? Leave. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to leave the fans. Like they love the fans and and want to be there and support them, so they're just not paying attention. So yeah, it's. I mean, we have a really special relationship with our players, right? Something that maybe you don't get. I think the like you don't get it with the Seahawks, you don't get it with the Mariners, yeah. you don't get it with maybe the Storm to an extent, maybe the Rain to an extent. The only other team though that I saw to this degree with the Sounders was the Sonics where the Sonics were in the community and accessible in a way, maybe not the superstars, but all the players had their own foundations and would come out to events. And it's something that we haven't seen since the Sonics left. And so I think it's kind of fitting that the Sonics leave the Sounders come in immediately the next year and fill that void in some ways and hire Calabro. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that's all of him. Um, but that was part of in the survey um, that they put out that everyone should do. Just get your voice out there. Otherwise, you don't exist. 
but I that, that was how I I mean I admittedly was not a soccer fan little and sounder fan prior to 0809 and uh, Sonic's Void that was my that was my condition and the medicine was sounders I watched the first game and it totally flipped my switch so um yeah that's that, was a that is game cool. too right yeah that's a great one it's in our intro and yeah. Seattle has their first but uh <laughs> so you took that tour and we all know it's state of the art it has to be right otherwise what's the point but um what and were there any cool features there? Uh, it's not going to be very accessible to the public, but I did see a patio in the renderings. Is that I presume going to be private, and there probably won't be any matches there for people to see? Or do they say that there might be? Uh, they said that, uh, and of course, I'm not giving anything away. You can watch the entire press conference mm-hmm. if you want, but I'm, I'm going to break it down for y'all. Uh, they did. I mean, they have patio in the renderings and like. I think both the second story patio and a front level patio, like on the fields, cause the fields will be right there, right mm-hmm. next to it. Uh, four to five fields. Uh, they did say that it depends on how the fields build out, but there was potential to build a field there in a way where you could have us open cup matches there or have the defiance play there and even have the Academy teams play there. That is my most, I mean, as a fan, most important to me, I love that of Starfire going down and going to the beer garden and, and seeing Hanneman get like 20 feet away from me, chugging yeah. a beer with a fan after the game. There is like, I went to a U.S. Open Cup match down in Cheney and it's fine, but the way you, you're sitting on the field, right? For It was for like for your training staff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. And, and, I even went to the Seattle, the, the Sounders two versus Timbers two match in the U.S. Open Cup when the when the MLS minor league teams were allowed to be in the U.S. Open Cup that first year, mm-hmm. and there was like I don't know twenty of us there because it was at noon on a Wednesday and the Sounders played that night, okay. so it was it was insane. But yeah, I loved Starfire. In fact, I let I used to have I think I had tickets to Sounders two for the first two years, but then when they moved to Tacoma, I let them go because. Uh, commuting to Tacoma, even from South Seattle, where I am during rush hour, is not good. No, My dad no. went, I went to that one match that was U.S. Open Cup, and I think it took us an hour and a half for what should have been a thirty-minute drive. Yeah. Well, at this point, there isn't. It shouldn't be. It just is what it is. Because there's always been right. construction. It's been like twenty years, and you just yeah. stuck staring at the Emerald Queen Casino at Five Sign for. Hey, at least minutes. it's an. At least the Emerald Queen is all fancy now. Sponsor of the Sounders, no less. Yeah, right. They built right a brand sleeve. new casino. Yep. Battle at the boat. I went down there one time and watched boxing. It was fun. I recommend it. I don't know why I'm like, I recommend everything today. I'm not I'm not paid by EQC or Battle at the Boat. Yeah, I'm like, we're not getting any money, man. We don't have to say if you're a boxing fan though, it was super fun. It was, to see in person boxing. We even saw a guy who fought Mike Tyson there uh, was hanging out and we talked to him. Oh really? That's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, back to the building. So, was there anything that maybe they didn't mention, like on the tour, that wasn't in the press conference? Like anything that would just be cool that we might not know? What would make that would actually be scuttlebutt? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, nothing that's like super secret or anything. But up on the fifth floor, there's like, uh, if you look at the building, you can see it. But there's like an outdoor patio, and then you can like look out over the, um over the fields where they're going to be and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. Uh, one thing that uh, Tom Price, I believe his name is, the the C, 
CFO of the Sounders said, and he was saying this to the press, so I think we can talk about this, is that uh, there were wetlands that were built there, and they need to make sure to honor where those wetlands are, and and they're going to have to replace some of the trees because they're going to build fields, but they need to plant stuff there in such a way and mm-hmm. um, and maintain all the path, the walkthrough and the pathway. So it's going to be more of an open campus than it was when Boeing was there because Boeing was there uh, for a long time. So, uh, yeah, it, it should be pretty cool. Um, there was also a I wish I remember the name, but there was a donut place that, that there that was pretty cool. And I told them I would shout them out on uh, Google. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Find that donut food truck. It's cool. <laughs> you know what? I was looking at the map, though. There, You know what's kind of interesting is, and it's not going to matter because it's not open for two more years, but the consulate for Honduras is like across the street. <laughs> sure, yeah. So We can come over and watch the matches if we ever play uh, Honduras. Yeah, if Honduras. we see them again in a, in a couple of years, that'd be kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I imagine they'll come up to the game. Uh, you, you know, the the one thing they did say, which I think is important to, to note, is that um, not the Sounders, but the company that owns the land that they're working with are going to build 300 housing units across the way uh, on the other side. And so there will be development around this that'll, uh, from a uh, financial standpoint for Renton, will be cool because this is unused land. And they're going to start developing and people will live there and there'll be, ton, you know, different mass transit. And so there'll be a whole lively culture around where the Sounders are are training. Um, my hope, and I'm sure they will, is that they do it in an equitable manner to make sure that they're not pricing people out who live around there already. I don't know how much housing there is. It seemed kind of industrial. But if there is, I don't want to see housing get jacked up in a way that'll make those people have to move Turn out. Into South Lake like Union, which was right. kind of industrial and now is... Right. Yeah. Overly, it used to be cool. I, I like South Lake Union and now it's insane. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable walking through it. I'm so out of touch with <laughs> that part mm-hmm. of the city now. All right. Well, cool. I think this is a, a good little bonus episode and I appreciate your, your one. I appreciate you able to hold everything back in the last couple of weeks that we've been talking Sounders and you've known all this. And now I appreciate you actually telling us this. Yes, everything's out in the news. You can go research some stuff, but just to get a nice kind of consensus on on the kits and and on the new he- headquarters, I think it's pretty cool. So, thank you for throwing in at the end of your long day, my friend. Of course. And one one thing that Garth said today, and I and we've been trying to parse it, and from I bet the you the, the people on the internets have figured this out, but I, I haven't had a chance to look at them. Garth mentioned that there was a possibility that a new young player would be starting in the game versus Montagua. Obed Vargas or Leo? Yeah, potentially. We also signed, uh, well, Leo was already here, so Obed might be a good example. Oh, okay. We yeah, also, okay. We also signed a kid who has to be like 22, who, uh, and I haven't seen the signing anywhere. Maybe I just missed it, but mm-hmm. he went to university prep uh, where I went to middle school. And so he's an, they, they like congratulated him as an alum for signing uh, for the, the Sounders. So, uh, you know, he's older, though, so I don't know if he's bringing. But, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that, that Garth mentioned. May, he said maybe, but little at the press conference, we maybe got a little insight to who might be starting. You know, we talked before about thinking that all of the people who would be on the roster – uh, like the starters we would regularly start would start, but uh, maybe not. Maybe we're going to see some young players start. Yeah. Uh, do you not know that kid's name? Do you not know the kid's name? I'm looking at the roster right now. Regan. Regan. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Alex Regan, or what was his name? 
Grandma's got no face on their on the website. He looks six, like a baby. Six two hundred pounds. He's a defender. Six. Wow. Six. That is big. I didn't realize that. That's a big boy. But yeah, he looks he looks I like a baby. In last year. Okay. But he signed a, a contract with the Sounders. I know that much because University Prep told me <laughs> for the Alumni Association. So yeah, uh, we don't know. So that was a little Easter egg that that Garth shared with us that uh, at the press conference that we might see a young player starting. So uh, could could also be Leo Chu, but he it seemed like it was more like an academy player we just signed. Yeah, I basically only heard, heard the youth part of that, and I was like, better be Leo. I mean, I need it. I need him in my heart on my feet on the field for my heart. So. Um... Well, that's kind of a good yeah. teaser for. But it may be hard for him to get a spot if you've got, if you've got both Jordan on there and uh, Rusnak on the other side. So fair, fair, fair. That's true. Yeah, for defender, then with uh, maybe with Nuhu, not mm-hmm. not joining. He was back. Late. Yeah, on the plane. It looks like he saw everybody on the plane. <laughs> yeah, down he there. hugged everyone on the plane. Yeah, yeah. So he may, you know, he may not be match ready the same way that. Uh, they would hope because he just hasn't meshed with the team. But also if it's a role that he's used to, he could probably just slide yeah. in there and go. The choo-choo can go. All right, my friend. Choo-choo. By the way, 14 Wait, seconds in uh, if that video, someone does it on the plane, a player. And I, and I want to know who it is. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. Little hot goss from the Sounders scuttlebutt podcast. <laughs> All right, let's pull this into port. It's late. Go to bed. Let's get this out for everyone to listen to tomorrow. And uh, then we got a match tomorrow. And by the way, actually, before we pull it all the way into port, uh, 7 p.m. in bold on the website is kickoff. Then underneath it, and by the website at soundersfc.com, it says KO colon 6 p.m. Then it says 7 p.m. on the right. And then, so I'm kind of concerned. Maybe it's 6 p.m. local time. Uh, they're Central Time. Oof. Yeah. Nope. So I'm super confused. So that's how I got onto that's this. That's Honduras Santos is the other way. My schedule. Right. No, I mean the schedule says that it's at 7 p.m. everywhere. So I'm I'm assuming it's a 7 p.m. start. It's on FS2. FS2 Fox has it recording from six to eight. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my YouTube TV. Interesting. Library scheduled recordings. And it's on Tudin and One Soccer, so um, interesting. So that I'm sure it'll be ironed out before the actual kickoff because it's on the it's it says seven and six o'clock on the actual match day page. Yeah, very fascinating. Well, Uh, if anyone listening knows the answer to that, just to confirm for everybody, shout out to us on Twitter and do all the hashtags so people can see it. But Google says seven p.m. So. Uh, I think that might be an, a, a way to do that, but we could also just look at the CONCACAF Champions League schedule on their website and figure that one out. So if we go to CONCACAF.com for the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League, it says that the game starts at 6. What? <laughs> I was like, it's going to be this seven, is, nothing to worry about. Okay. This is very confusing. All right, President, uh, get to it. The Rapids and Comunicaciones start at four. So, oh, Saprissa tied Pumas. That's very interesting. 
we've had some interesting matches so far, apparently. Yeah, and Leon beat, which I expected. That's who we'd be matching up against. Yeah, well, I mean, they still have to win the second leg, but well, still, they want nothing to right now. Right. I don't even know how to say the Guastatoya. Yeah, well, loss, loss, so loss. The Sounders game starts at six or seven tomorrow. Just turn it on at six. Yeah, just Be get there five fifty nine. If it's not there, you know, call a friend, call your parents, say you love them. Just kill some time for an hour. Drink a beer. Yeah, but the official Concacaf website says six o'clock. Yeah, I'm gonna tune at six, and then my kid's gonna cry, and then I have to give her a bath, and then I'll put her to bed, and then I'll watch later because that's inevitably what happens when you have a kid. But I'm trying to be live. Make I really her, want to be live. Watch. Just make her watch it. This is like the most watch. awkward evening is the most awkward time because she's got to take a bath. Oh, by the way, she's got COVID. So that's oh, been no. Fun. Yeah. Uh, barely any. I'm negative. My wife is negative. So boosters that's, work. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Poor thing. Two days of pretty high fever and we were getting freaked out there for a second and then we got tested and when we found out she had COVID, she was like completely normal by that point. So it's been now like 36 hours of her just being at home normal and us trying to balance her work life. But Yeah. Well, I think this is a, a lesson to all of you out there in podcast land. Get your boosters. Get your shots. Seriously. Um, like I'm... I, I have a two-year-old that I love to death. Her face has been right next to my face multiple, 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 multiple times before. And now even after that, I found that I found I'm negative and my wife is negative. So, yeah. And I, I know someone who uh, they were the type of person that was in alternative medicine. Uh, it was a, a like a parent of kids I grew up with. And uh, she died yesterday of COVID because she likely was anti-vax based on her, her beliefs. So, it's it's kind of a bummer. Like she left behind her grandkids, three loving grandkids, and so just you know, even if you don't believe in it, do the right thing. You know, protect people like your daughter, right? Because she can't get a vax. Yeah, and no one's getting hurt from it. So that's right. that's most of the yeah. argument that I'm seeing is. Plus, your five G and your phone gets so much better once you get the shot. Like seriously, yeah, I know. you're a walking hotspot, baby. Through the roof. <laughs> you yeah. get 4K no. streaming no, no, no. on FS2 tomorrow. With the, with the booster in your system, yeah, and, and the, that's the one other thing I'll say for for the match one week from today, and we can talk about it more, but or tomorrow the the home match. I guess one week from today when this comes out, yeah, uh, the there will no longer be a mask mandate in place. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a lot of us that are like immune. Like I don't get, I'm getting my shot this Friday, but it takes a while to kick in. Uh, I'm immunocompromised. There could be kids there. You know, try to wear a mask around people if you can. Just. Just do do everyone a solid and do that, yeah. even though it's not required. I'm still still wearing mine. In fact, I'm more comfortable with it now on than I'm without. To be honest, yeah, to yeah. Hide me my too. Plus, it keeps you warm in the cold weather. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And the government can't track you when your face is covered. Come on, it's amazing. <laughs> All right, man. Let's go to bed. Pull it into port. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed this little bonus episode. Um, I'm Aaron Lingley on Twitter. That's how you say it. That's how you spell it. I am Cameron Collins, and you can find me at Legal Minded Punk, all one word, on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the Sounders Scuttlebutt podcast on Twitter at SSFC Scuttlebutt. And for all inquiries, including questions for the gents or sponsorship opportunities, please email contact at scuttlebuttproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to the show for new episodes following every Sounders FC match. 
And don't forget to share your feedback by rating and reviewing. And you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BritVoxus. That's BritVoxUS. We'll see you at Lumen and go Sounders. Alexa, who's the best MLS team of all time? The Seattle Sounders are both unequivocally and irrefutably the best MLS team of all time.